It's time for the big show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. And welcome to the podcast. Glad to have all you folks uh, tuning in. We appreciate that a whole bunch. And hey, if this is your first time to tune in to the big show podcast, make sure that you uh, hit the follow button. You can do that. Yes. And then, of course, share it with everybody you know. And uh, also, you can hit the uh, bell there for notifications. That way, you know, when we send a new one down the line, um, you'll know that it's there. And you can you can listen to it. Modern technology. Isn't it something? It's amazing. It is. It is. It is. I thought what we do today, and, and we've, we've done some of this over the, t- over the last uh, almost two years now. Can you believe it? Wow. Wow, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. In March, it'll be two years for the Big Show podcast. Over 100 episodes. Over 100 episodes. Yes. Man, we're just we're smoking, as they say. All of them have been salubrious. <laughs> they have been. <laughs> well, what's the, and I know we, 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 we've hashed this one over a few times, too, but your mechanic, he always says, Greasings and lubrications. There you go. I like that one. I always thought that was kind of neat. But no, I thought what yep. we do today is uh, tell a few stories yes. that we both experienced over time. You, a lot in music. I guess your 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 main job is preaching the gospel at, uh, at the CFC. Especially on Sunday. Especially on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and twice on Monday. <laughs> and then, of course, I was in radio for umpteen million years and um I've, I've got a few yes i've got a few silly stories they're not really that funny some of yours are those so funny though i it well, just it beside it puts me beside myself oh well yeah. you know i've had a bluegrass band and a country music band uh, uh, a classic country band mm-hmm. for many many years also yeah. and the funny part about that is each in each band you have a different name yes i do you have country jim yes you have Country Jim on, on the show here, but you also have a Country Jim and his All-Stars. That's right. And, and a that, Jamie Sloan and his Bluegrass Band. There you go. Yes. And then, uh, and then, and you know, one, and then in real life, you're James Leslie Sloan. Yes. So. Well, one of the perks about all that is the IRS doesn't know really what to call me. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is that man? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy, that's a good one. Well, tell us your favorite story. I want to hear a story from the pulpit. You used to do a little traveling. Uh, uh, yes. A traveling I, preacher. I, an evangelist, I guess they call you. Yes, I Is that what the, CFC calls them? They call them evangelists, too? Or? Yes, that they use that. But, I, yeah, I held revivals oh, revival. there you in uh, 36 states, I think, back back in the day. I've, I, and, I, and while you were touring and doing that, did you ever eat in a bad restaurant? <laughs> Well, I've eaten at some bad restaurants, but I've also had some, uh, because what they would do, they would, uh, they would invite you to, uh, they'd put up a meal list before you got there. Mm -hmm. And if people wanted to have the preacher in their home, why, uh, Mm. so I I held a, I held a revival in Florida one time and, uh, I ate out they they put up a lunch menu as a big church. They put up a lunch menu and a dinner menu. Dinner menu. So I ate out at somebody's house twice a day. Wow! And of course, this is going back decades. Mm. And uh, and I had fried chicken every meal except for two. Wow! Uh, and you know I've got 
<laughs> I've got a story or two that are my favorites that I really don't want to tell on the air. <laughs> you've probably told <laughs> those to me. Yes, yeah, I have. You've, told, you've told me some of those. <laughs> yes, I have. And I get that. Yeah, we don't want to embarrass anybody or yourself, to <laughs> right, say the least. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my wife would say, I cannot believe you told that on the air. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I do have a kind of a favorite uh, music one. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, we're going. We're going. We're not going to tell nothing from the pulpit then. Uh, Can't tell any of those. <laughs> well, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm searching the crevices of my brain for. Well, we can always come back to that. Yes. Yeah, we can go. Go ahead and go ahead and tell a musical uh, antidote. I think well, <laughs> uh, many years ago, I had a bluegrass band in Houston, Texas, close to where we are now, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a banjo player who was. Um, a microbiologist at Rice University. He was a heavy hitter scientific type. And uh, he, he, this really, I wasn't going to tell, tell this, but sometimes my brain just thinks of something else. <laughs> but he, uh, what he did in the laboratory at Rice as a microbiologist was that he folded proteins, whatever that is, uh, <laughs> So I would, but I would announce. See, you fold them corner to corner, or how do you do that? <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> when I was uh, announcing on stage the band members, I would say, now Mark is a microbiologist. He folds proteins, and I'd like to recommend him if you ever need your proteins folded. But <laughs> he'll give you a good price. <laughs> but we would have rehearsal. We'd have band rehearsal at his house. Right. And uh, in the springtime, um, Actually, he would just leave. We would open the windows. He had screens over the windows. If anybody can remember that sort of experience, yep. and and so there was a, a neighbor two or three houses down by the name of Jack, and Jack became a, actually became an important person in my life. Uh, he had two big uh, black lab dogs, mm-hmm. and he would go walking in the evening. And he happened to be walking by Mark's house when we were playing banjos and mandolins and guitars, uh, and so he was all he was. Uh, he loved music, so he actually walked up to the house and introduced himself, and uh, and he became a, a very uh, very loyal fan. Uh, he was a special kind of person. He he was retired. He was a Dartmouth grad. And uh, very knew a lot of poems. He was a ro- romantic type with the ladies, mm. and he was pretty successful because he could quote these uh, Robert Burns poems and stuff. Right. right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he was also he was also an expert consumer of adult beverages, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, I've known a few people like that. And he was so proficient at profanity that he <laughs> he, he became he became known as Cussing Jack. Uh, and by the way, we're not going to use any of that profanity on this program. Uh, no, we do not. Yeah, we don't. Do and that. I don't uh, actually. It's it's a very rare special occasion that that something very bad has happened if I ever use a four-letter word. Right, I, I yeah. tend not to do that. Like darn. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, doggone it. Doggone so, it. Well, there's more than five. <laughs> so, so Jack started uh, coming to our performances pretty regularly. And then 
he was also, by the way, he was a, uh, a poet and a writer of lyrics, but he had no clue about how to turn those into songs. So I would try to help him with that. He was always making cassette tapes and sending them to Willie Nelson, but I never, I never heard of Willie Nelson singing any of his songs. Hmm. But, but, but anyway, Jack, Jack was a phenomenal person. But he, he always told me that he wanted me to do the eulogy at his funeral. Ah. But the family never got that word. But they knew about the music, and so... Uh, my daughter Hillary and I did uh, sing at his funeral, and, he, and his funeral was probably the most um, uh, unfortunate funeral. Uh, so you see, what Jack was not a religious man, and so he did right. not have a church affiliation, and he had no pastor friends. Right. But but me, and right. and a lot of people in the music world. They didn't really know about my church connection. But anyway, uh, so Jack, uh, they, he had a brother who was a retired surgeon in New Orleans. And Jack's brother's name was Jim. Well, what funeral homes can do, they've got a list of uh, pastors that they can call to come in if somebody doesn't have somebody yeah. And I've I've had to do some of those, and you know you're you're preaching the funeral of someone that you've never met, you don't know anything about that. You're just right. you're actually you're getting paid to come right. preach somebody. You're funeral. reading a script, yeah, basically. right. Yeah, they give you a piece of paper. Well, this this preacher was having a bad funeral day, <laughs> and uh, so so what he did, he got Jim brother sitting on the front row confused with jack the deceased and so he's preaching jim's funeral <laughs> jim jim actually is getting to hear his own funeral <laughs> so well, forgive me if I, i'm gonna laugh really hard here in a minute <laughs> so uh that th that was it was hard to uh, for me to keep control sitting there <laughs> and and so oh, oh, no. the poor preacher the other thing that happened to him was he left his cell phone you know there behind the uh, podium there there's, yeah. there's a pulpit chair or two yeah and he was sitting there waiting for his turn to speak for us to get through singing and and so he left his cell phone <laughs> on the chair right yeah well he didn't put it on silent and so while he's preaching the wrong guy's funeral his cell phone goes off. Um, well, the th see, another thing about Jack was that Jack was retired. He did a lot of day drinking. And so then when you were trying to think about going to bed, Jack is calling you wanting to talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. And most of the people out there had been were folks that Jack had called late at night and et cetera. So <laughs> one of Jack's friends as the preacher turns around and goes back to retrieve his phone, one of Jack's friends hollers out, maybe it's Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. So, you know, Jack would have been saying, look, dummy, Jim is my brother. Not uh, yeah, Jim's alive, I'm dead. Yeah. So that, wow. that's my... Uh, that is a funny story, though. Uh, and I think you've told that 
around the breakfast table a few times. Yes, I I try to find occasion <clears throat> to tell all my stuff, but yeah, it that is a good one though. Yeah, that is really good. One. You know, uh, over the years in radio, I've had some really weird experiences. I don't know if they're that funny or not, but as I look back on them, they were they were interesting to say the least. I had one time that um, Johnny Russell. A lot of you may remember Johnny Russell, uh, Mr. Blue Ribbon Beer guy, you know, and uh, Baptism of Jesse Taylor. Yes. And some other stuff. He wrote uh, the Buck Owens big song that later the Beatles did. Uh, What was the name of it? Uh, They're going to put me in the movies? Uh, Yes, that's the one. That's not the the title, but that's the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize yeah, that yes. Johnny Russell wrote that. He did. I think he wrote Catfish John also. He did write that. He sure did. Yeah. So, But anyway, so nevertheless, this radio station I was at, very unorganized. They didn't have organization. To, to We had a closet that was full, and I, and I mean literally just stacks and stacks of wax, uh, you could say, back to the, the days when we spun uh, vinyl. And it was no organization. It was just everywhere, and it was crazy. And, and it, of course, at that time, this is probably around, um, I don't know, 84, 85, maybe 19, 84, 85, somewhere along in there. So it was 45s and L, uh, yeah, 45s and LPs that, were, that yeah. were in that closet. And there was no rhyme or reason. I mean, it was just everywhere. It was yeah. crazy. So uh, uh, they had somebody called me and said, well, Johnny Russell, this is on a Saturday morning, I believe it was. Johnny Russell's coming in. Uh, he's going to be performing at this club. The club was named the Texas Hall of Fame, which at that time was a huge venue in the Bryan College Station, Texas area. A lot of you folks know College Station for the Aggies. And uh, so Johnny was coming to town, and we were going to put him on the radio and do a little PR for his show that night. And uh, normally when you have somebody come in like that, you would like to play maybe one of their songs. Sure. Okay. Well, this is in like 1984, 85. At that time, Johnny had no uh, current music on the list. There was no current music. Johnny probably had not put out any current music in a little, in some time. So there was nothing in the control room that I could play that I could just grab and play. So, <laughs> So Johnny comes in, and I said, dude, excuse me. I'm going to go back and see if I can't pull out maybe something that we can play. I said, I don't have anything here in the control room. He said, okay. He was really, really nice, really nice. So I go back to the closet, and I'm digging, and I'm digging, and I can't find no Johnny Russell. And I'm thinking, good grief, this is going to be dry. This is going to be bad. So I go back in the control room. I said, look, dude, here's the deal. This is off the air. I said, uh, I don't, we, I can't find any of your music, and I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what else to tell you. He said, uh, well, no big deal. We'll just PR the show and, and everything. And so we did, and it was okay, but I really felt like that, that there was something missing there, and that was the fact that we could have played the baptism of Jesse Taylor. Oh, yeah. Or uh, Red Sox blue ribbon beer you know and well, i just didn't have it and it was and i like i say it's really not that funny but it is it's it's funny today to go well great that's crazy considering now you can go to your computer and pull up anything that you want to right uh, back in those days though there was no organization i just came to the radio station i probably hadn't been there very long but let me tell you what i did after that and i was the music director after that uh 
I told them, I said, look, we got to get some organization. So I took all of the music out of that closet and I went through every 45 and every album and I, I got it all straightened up out of the closet. We built some shelves and another, another office and, and put all that in there. So you could simply, and I had a card file. This is back before computers. Yeah. So I had an index file of, you know, where everything was at. So, um, so if that, if Johnny Russell ever came back, maybe I could find something in play. You don't you know, remember so. whether you found any of his stuff did. in there? I never, no, did. I never did. No, not while he was there. Now, later no, on, I mean, we, later. we did have some stuff, yes. But it just, I mean, we're talking about a small closet that was just stacked with LPs and uh, boxes of 45s, and it was just very unorganized. You know, like now we uh we do a different artist or something just about every week uh-huh. and it's so easy for us to even oh, go yeah. on our our phones oh, yeah. our yeah. iphones yeah. and yeah. pull up the search you yeah. know for that you couldn't do it person. back then yeah it, you could do it back times then. have changed so yeah uh my church uh sometimes i actually take a paper bible and if i if i do I'm the only one there that has a paper Bible. Everybody's looking at their phone. Or, Everybody or pulls their phone out. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Off yeah. Their, yeah. 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 And that, I guess, you know, like I say, that's, and we were talking about that, you know, like, like we could just go right, if, if we have somebody that's going to be on the program, we don't, I don't go searching through CDs that I've got in that closet right over there, no. which they are organized, but I don't do that. We go right to the computer and we'll pull up something and, Play it off the computer. Yes, last week we did one on Brennan Lee, who's a very, very uh, uh, yeah. uh, popular artist right now in, yep. in the Americana world. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't, that's what we did, just pulled it up on the internet. Yep, we did. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've made some other miscues too. And just another quick story. One time, if, and I'm sure everybody remembers the artist Dan Seals, he was also known as England Dan. You know, part of the uh, England Dan and John Ford Coley. Oh, say say more about that. Well, here's the funny thing. I I had a back in those days. I had somewhat of an attitude or or whatever about different music styles, and and as I as I probably do today uh, when we voiced those a few times. But you know, I thought, well, this guy is a rock and roller. Or uh, I I don't think he'll ever make it in country music. See, yeah. I, that's why I asked you to say more about it because I don't know their music. It was rock. Yeah. It was like the British invasion stuff. No, or, no, 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 no. Uh, no, they were they were American. Um, and I'm trying to remember the big song that that uh, England Dan and John Fort Coley had, but I, off the top of my head, I can't remember it. But anyway, yeah, it was anyway. A, they had some big they had some big tunes. Okay, yeah. they were big artists. Uh, so he split and went country. Dan Seals. And I basically treated him like an ugly stepchild, you know, when he came in the control room. I, I didn't really give him any respect. I just ran through the interview and yeah. didn't really care, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I told, after he left the radio station, I told some people, I said, you know, this guy, he'll never be anybody. <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we wrong, interviewed so. uh, Howlin' Howie. Howard Dow, the uh, mm-hmm. artist. Yeah. And uh, he does Very a Dan. Very talented, yeah. Yes, and he does in his show, he does a Dan Seal song about, the the song about uh, 
you've got a rodeo cowboy who has custody of the little daughter and the wife is a rodeo you know the women that the barrel racing kind of thing or something like that okay and uh it's really a tearjerker he's t- you don't remember that everything yeah. that glitters is that it that's it okay yeah. if you want to talk about sad songs that's one of my favorite sad mm, songs man yeah yeah that and you know the stories that we tell though are sometimes just like the jack story the cussing jack i thought that was you know. <laughs> do you have any more of those stories like that <laughs> i know you do i don't know why i asked that question well we've got about five more minutes to fill oh well i've got i've got uh, i've got several here so we could, um, we could go to 45 then. <laughs> no. Years ago, this goes back maybe 40. This has been in the 1980s, however long ago that was. long time ago. Uh, I was at a church that was a, a very uh, fundamental conservative church. And I absolutely, uh, of the things that were on the sin list and actually just about everything was on the sin list (laughs) there was a little little boy who'd been going to that church and they asked him uh what he'd learned about god and he said best he could figure god was somebody that went around looking for people having a good time to put a stop to it (laughs) (laughs) but but, uh (laughs) we were absolutely i would say that out loud by the way (laughs) but okay you did never mind sorry (laughs) well (laughs) yeah you can you can cut that out if you need, if you need <laughs> I'm to. I'm going to leave it in there. That's All what right. I'm going to do. Right. But anyway, uh, consuming adult beverages was as big a sin as there was in the whole catalog. And and so, uh, but anyway, we decided this one elder of the church that uh, he and I would take our wives and we would go down on the Mexico border because you could cross over the border and you could purchase stuff at a fraction of what it would cost mm-hmm. at e- even at walmart right so um and they had been a number of times my wife and i'd never been uh so if uh, you look at me as being an international traveler traveler i have been to both the canada border and the mexican border and crossed over momentarily north and the south <laughs> uh but uh so the wives, we went with our wives shopping till we got pretty bored with all that. And then we decided that we would sit there in the park. There was an adjacent park. So we're sitting on the park bench and uh, just, you know, watching the birds or whatever. And along comes uh, maybe a mariachi band mm. playing acoustical guitars and one guy had a fiddle. Uh, so they're playing us some songs with words we don't understand, but uh, standing right in front of us, they do a couple of tunes, and then they finish and and act like they're going to move on. And I turned to my friend and I said, well, um, I guess we're supposed to tip the band. And so we both pulled out a $5 bill and gave them, which back then was quite a pretty good little tip. Yeah. And so they walked away, but instead of finding someone else in the park, they walk across the street and into a Mexican bar. And I turned to my friend and I said, well, buddy, sorry, but looks like we just bought the beer. (laughs) Well, you know, this has been an interesting 
interesting show. Yes, it has. We're out of time. Storytelling. Well, it's yeah, we yeah, we pretty much exhausted all the good stories. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yours are so much better than mine. I'm not no, a very good. No, no, I'm no. not a very good storyteller, though. No, see, I'm 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 kind of. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not that good at storytelling. Well, sometimes there's humor in life, <laughs> but <laughs> no doubt. But there are things more important than humor. Yeah, yeah and sure. actually, uh, I love stories that have to do with people. Mm-hmm. Johnny Russell and Dan yeah, Seals yeah. are okay. So there, there was that wasn't a, a joke story. No, no, but that was a story about. It was a sad story. <laughs> <laughs> it was a story about a man who had been at the very top of his game as far as songwriting and, oh, yeah, and even yeah. performing. Yeah. And now, when he comes to your studio. He's a he's a wuzzer, not an izzer anymore. Pretty much. Pretty much. And and Although the other guy, was, I think he was still writing uh, some oh, songs yeah. back oh, in the yeah. early '80s, but yeah. performing wise, yeah, he just really didn't have any hits out. You know. Well, so, I'm just saying that, that you had in your studio, you had lots of recordings, right? I did. But you didn't have one. Didn't of have one of Johnny Russell. Yeah, and so. Seals is the other end of the spectrum. It's a guy who's on the way up. Uh-huh. changing venues, uh, changing <laughs> musical genres. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, I love yeah. I love your stories, yeah. too. One, one, one quick one before we get out of here. When George Strait was brand new, yeah. back about 1983, he I think he came onto the scene around 82, 81, 82, I can't remember. But uh, about 1983, he came to, once again, Bryan College Station, Texas, and uh, so, as radio stations do, we like to go out and get that uh, get that interview, a live interview. And so, we have a little unit. It's called a Marty unit, uh, named after the guy that created the the little broadcasting unit. So portable, we took our little portable, huh? Yes, yeah, portable, and it'll uh, shoot a signal back to the radio station. So we uh, we took our little unit out to uh, to there. We got on George's bus. Uh, we're getting set up. And we flip the switch of our our little Marty unit. Everything goes black. We pretty much blew all the fuses and all the breakers that we could blow in that bus, you know. The funny part is George looked at all of us and said, that happens all the time. (laughs) Could I? So that that was interesting. Yes. Can I offer a theory that I have about that bus? Yes. Uh, Conway Twitty. and it was an old Conway Twitty bus, by the way. Yes, and Conway mm-hmm. Twitty had was working out of Oklahoma City for a while before he went to Nashville, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was his old that was his old bus. It was, yeah. That's what George said. He said this is an old Conway Twitty bus. Yeah. So it's pretty much used up. I'm sure it had yeah. millions of miles on it. Who knows? Yeah. You know, you never know. But we, that was a funny. That was funny. Funny at the time. It was not so funny. It was kind of embarrassing. You but uh, not our fault, though. Uh, but no. George, he took it in stride, and he just yeah. he just said, "Hey, that happens all the time." <laughs> I'm sure it did. I mean, he went back there and started working on it. You know what I mean? He was going to get it fired up again, and he get it. He did get it back on, but we couldn't do the we couldn't do the interview. Our unit was just too much. Yeah, it just pulled too much wattage for the yeah for the uh, generator and everything that was on board. Have we got one more minute? We do have one more minute. Go ahead. We've interviewed uh, a fellow that I did music with and that you knew very well also at church, and that was Kenny Snow. Mm-hmm. And yes. uh, we had a friend, Kenny had a friend, 
who was a, a, a former artist also, uh, and still lives here in the Houston area. But he bought a tour bus, an old tour bus, mm. that we used for a while. And we, it was kind of fun to show up at a gig. In a bus. In a, in a bus, like you're a really big deal, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this was a 1983 bus. And uh, he bought it for thirty grand, and then somebody came along and offered him sixty grand. So there went the bus, and that was okay with us because mm-hmm. we went down to uh, Corpus for a gig, and the uh, the diesel fuel there and back cost us more than what we got paid at the gig. Right. So that we yep. went back to the station wagon. Right. Yeah. Uh, yep. But anyway, so Kenny called me not too long after that. And he said, Sloan, you're not going to believe about that bus. What color was that bus? Well, it was uh, decored inside and out, purple and white. And he said, 1983, right? He said, you can take the serial number on that and look it up. And that bus was sold in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1983 to the artist known as Prince. We really? Ro- we rode for a few gigs in prince's bus wow interesting yeah yeah very interesting yeah they say buses all that's a money pit oh yeah it's a money pit for sure. yeah. well you know what they do now a lot of them there there's uh in fact uh they're in hendersonville near nashville tennessee uh there's a company or two there that those artists a lot of times will just lease they can lease a bus mm-hmm. and not have to not have to have that right. uh, that way, if something goes wrong with it, they just turn That's it back it. in. Yeah. Come get it. <laughs> this has been great. I love, oh, tell- I love I love telling stories. I do, too. If we'd have had a campfire, it'd been just a whole bunch better. Uh, you you know, know what I mean? We need it outside now. It's we do need cold. it outside. What is it, 26, 27? Yeah, I think so. Degrees wow. Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't run into any ice or anything on the way up. No. it no. Had, We haven't had any precipitation, no. yeah. as they say. I was just checking. <laughs> I didn't know. We had, had a little bit of dew this morning, you know, a little fog, you know, that could, you know, maybe... Cause a little problem or whatever. Well, folks, I tell you what, we will see you on another one. Yes. Adios. We've had the pleasure here on the big show of having a lot of great guests like Tony Booth, Doug Boggs, Amber Digby, Randy Lindley, Anita Campbell, Wayne Animal Turner, Alan Howie, Kevin Carter. You'll find these episodes on all major podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many more. And remember to follow us and share with everybody that you know. We'll see y'all on another one. Thanks for listening to The Big Show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. This has been a Unicap Media presentation.